following podcast is explicit. It may contain some strong language. Now, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Film Geek Collective. Today we're going to talk about horror and my thoughts on horror overall. I'm not going to mention any specific titles, but I am going to shout out a few people that I really want to shout out. We've got Marbella Unicorn, Tessie Cat, Elsie Cool, Mary Amber, Ashy Slashy, and Real Sharks, aka Riru Sharku. And if any of you guys would like to be shouted out, please say so in the comments on Twitter. I will shout you out, don't worry about that. But without further ado, let's get on with the show. I've got a show for you guys, basically. Now, let's make my first point. Horror can be cathartic. You know, build up your anxiety by playing on your primal fears, and even make you reconsider eating lunch at times. Mind you, gory horror is not the only horror. Many horror fans know that. But some people prefer psychological, others survival, others paranormal. Some just like the slasher films like Nightmare on Elm Street, or that sort of thing. I quite like the Elm Street franchise myself. I also like the original Scream. But yeah, mostly Elm Street. And I quite like a a more, not survival horror, but more, you know, gritty, you know, invasion sort of horror. The uh, Last House on the Left, also Wes Craven's first ever feature. I mean, by not mentioning specific titles, like I said at the beginning, I just meant I'm not going to go especially in-depth into one particular title. This is my thoughts on the genre as a whole. And look, I love horror, in fact. I have friends who love horror. Some people can't stand horror. And yeah, I I think it's... uh, they're lost because of the points I'm about to make. I mean, you have freedom to watch anything you want, you know? You decide your own taste. I'm not here to decide your taste, but this is why I like horror. Horror pushes boundaries, makes you uncomfortable, and that's okay. You need to build up fear, then the bravery to face that fear, then the catharsis of release. Different things will scare different people, and it's fun to be held in suspense and anticipation, dreading things to come. The unknown is something humans love to explore, you know? We want something new, something inventive. Like I said before, some people say they can't watch horror films. Me, I watch every type of film because I'm simply a lover of film in general. In fact, today at uh, my local JB Hi-Fi, one of the best stores ever, people in Australia and New Zealand will know it, you know, I, uh... I met some fellow horror fans and we had a good good conversation about what was in the horror section on DVD and Blu-ray. The fact that Midsummer's director's cut is only on Blu-ray. Yeah, I still got to see Midsummer. That I saw Hereditary. That's uh, I'll mention Hereditary a little bit later. You know, just cursory to make my point. But you know, horror lets people come together much like any other movie genre does. Just imagine... Hey, I like musicals, this other person must like musicals too, and you can bond over this. You know, movies can send messages, movies have the potential to change lives, change thoughts. You know, movies can be a whole amount of different things. There is no limit to what a movie can be. You know, like, as with any story, it's an art form. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Movies are art. Every movie is art. And it's the same thing with horror. Some people say, oh, ban these, they're all satanic and that. But 
horror is also meant to make you uncomfortable. You know, films don't always have to be pleasant or happy. You're in different moods every day. But horror is also a spectrum, like I said earlier, with anything from campy things like the Addams Family to legitimately terrifying things like The Exorcist to experimental and risky things like uh, Antichrist, directed by Lars von Trier. And yeah, you know, the phrase, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, applies here. The more fears you face through horror, the more fears you face in real life. You know, you see a horrific examination of grief in Hereditary, and you can relate to it as a cautionary tale. It's a drama first, but it subtly just scares you, you know? Grief can tear people apart, but confronting this reality and knowing you can avoid it is something you in real life can do, okay? And also, the more humanity you put in horror, the better. Things don't have to scare you immediately. Hell, the first half hour of The Exorcist is not scary. In the slightest, okay? The scariest film I've seen is not scary in the first half hour. It sets up a sense of normality. You know, mother, daughter, having casual conversations, nothing, no creepy thing going on yet. But then, it switches gears and actively fucks with you. The normal becomes the disturbed. The very sanctuary which you love becomes slowly compromised by something beyond your control. Plausibly, something like this could happen in real life in a more subtle way. Demons in real life may be more metaphorical, and more horror should deal with human issues, whether in the guise of the supernatural or not. You know, like, paranoia is a common theme in horror because of this. Like in Alien or The Thing, Alien could plausibly be set on Earth in with the same issues, with a human, vi- human virus or deadly environments slowly destroying truckers, and causing paranoia, but it's more metaphorical by using something inhuman to deal with something human. What differentiates these space workers from us? Sure, they're in space, but what else? We have the same work ethic, the same instinct for survival, and the same flesh and blood. What would we do should we be placed in a difficult situation like this? hmm? One alien stalking you, you don't know where it could be, You barely see the damn thing, you know? (laughs) That's a hell of a setup right there. But, yeah, you know? Stalkers and murderers do exist in real life. We graft the true horrors of the world onto fictional antagonists and live vicariously through others. We're one step removed from trauma, and we get to satisfy our dark curiosities without harming anyone. You know, living vicariously, it's... Yeah, you don't have to live through something to understand it. Horror can really help with that. Forgive me if I pronounce this wrong, but uh, the Grand Guignol was an early form of this. Performances where actors got quote-unquote killed life on stage to please the masses. Characters are put through the ringer for our benefit. One benefit is our base instinct, but not in a bad way. You know, like some... Some, you know, scientist may say, oh, your base vile instincts. You know, I'm, I'm not putting shit on scientists, but still. You know, anyway, sometimes we appreciate the simple things. Now, the other benefit is making us feel lucky, grateful, making us count our blessings, making us be able to experience anything and come out the other side. Something to get our mind reeling with possibilities and how to deal with them. 
science fiction but on a baser level, and that's a good thing. You know, horror can also make you think through pure drama. You know, what would you do in this situation? Both in the long run and the short term, horror can enrich us. Now, it's probably best to balance horror with other things, but it's also natural natural to be fascinated with the morbid. We are so conditioned to conformity and being bland that when we get a good horror film, we're transported into the unknown, somewhere where anything can happen. It's as if someone says, would you rather have a boring lecture about the same shit you've heard a million fucking times, or a hands-on experience with something new and invigorating? Now, most people choose the second option. Be open to anything. You don't have to stick to a narrow, mainstream taste. Branch out. See what you like. Good cinema's everywhere, let alone good horror. I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Cinema is not dead. It is just evolving. And it has always been evolving. Okay? I mean, who's to say horror is dead either? People say genres are dead, genres are over. I haven't seen a scary one since the past decade. Now, I love the retro appeal of things, okay? But... <laughs> you know, not everything has to emulate the classics. If, if we keep remaking shit from the past, we would have nothing. We would lose every bit of originality. If we didn't let originality slip through the cracks, you know, I'd like to mention a company, uh, Blumhouse, run by producer Jason Blum, who gives filmmakers a small budget. Five million for originals, uh, fifteen, twenty if you're more established but 10 million for sequels, you know, but he gives filmmakers complete creative freedom, you know, and that's how we get to, that's how you get to a whole bunch of films, Paranormal Activity, for example, Insidious, and, you know, smaller ones like The Green Inferno, that sort of thing. Get Out came from that company, Split came from that company, and this is a company in such good standing that, they can release both Get Out and Split through Universal. That's right, a main company of the MPA themselves. For those who missed out on my explanation in the last episode, the MPA is what was formerly the MPAA and is an American board of uh, major studios and film censorship. Uh, helps with film censorship, at least. But yeah, that... The point is, you know, you too can get released through a mainstream studio if, if you're lucky enough to get to the offices of Jason Blum, if your script comes through, if they decide to produce it, if they decide you are good enough, you have the talent, and I don't doubt you for a second, okay? If you can scare the shit out of us viewers, then I'm, I will bow down to you, I will applaud you, Okay? If you can write a horror with a core of humanity, if you if you have something that just uh, connects everyone with the same base fear, makes a spark, ignites controversy, that's the type of stuff I want to see. That's the type of stuff that we can be, we can get more of, that we're somewhat, and I'm sorry to say this, but we're somewhat, we're somewhat sorely missing fresh voices in the mainstream. I mean, you know, this is why you can also turn to independent films, whether good or bad, at least much of their time, their visions are not compromised, you know? You get to make whatever you want. 
I'm currently underground with this podcast and, you know, I'm getting to make what I want, okay? I'm getting to make this. I'm getting to help you guys. And I'm I'm informing you. I'm, I don't want to say teaching because it sounds too preachy, but if you are listening to this podcast, you're listening because you're legitimately interested in movies and you want to learn way more about them and you want to learn everything you possibly can, you know? And I thank you for being here, you know? And I say you know a lot. It can be a it can be a fucking drinking game. I don't mind. <laughs> you know? But, you know, I don't care that I say you know a lot, you know? It's just a verbal tick, you know? Okay, I'll stop now. I really will stop. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, horror just leaves your mind reeling sometimes. You know, like I said, you can go through all these different scenarios and come out the other side alive. Now, before I repeat too many points, I uh, better move on to something else. In terms of the more B-movie type horror movies, where have the great creature effects gone? The transformations of an American werewolf in London? Or Jeff Goldblum's deteriorating makeup in the remake of The Fly? Or those stop-motion beauties slash nightmares in The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing? You know, we need more practical effects, and, you know, B-movies tend to show the monsters more. But, I think that the more you don't see the threat, the scarier it is. The more you don't know about the threat, the scarier it is. And The Thing does that especially well. It, full of paranoia, like I said, you know? And you don't know who could be it. You you don't know anything. And that's the scariest thing of all. The scariest thing is what humanity can do to each other in the face of danger, I'd say. Yeah, it seems to be a common strand in horror. Look, if it was just monsters, it'd be just another episode of Scooby-Doo. Unmask the guy, happy ending in the end. But life doesn't need to be tied with a bow or have a happy ending always, you know? (laughs) And horror is where you get to explore those possibilities in a more fantastical way. You know, like, if you're not going for grand fantasy storytelling, if you want something smaller scale, horror is the best way to do it. Because you can do it on the cheap. You can do it with a minimal budget. You can just buy some stage blood, maybe, if any. Your story may not even need blood, or gore, or whatever. You make it how you want. You think of the things that scare you, and whatever scares you will scare other people, some other people at least. Just keep tinkering, keep working on it, and you know, all the script writer process. And uh, one day, you're going to fuck with someone's mind, and you're going to love it. And you are going to... You're going to get money off it, but that's not the first reason I recommend art in the first place. I recommend art for art. You think I really expected money from this podcast? I mean, come on. Come on. I do this for fun, you know? I I do this to inform you. I do this to hopefully entertain you. Yeah. Well, hmm. I think I now have made all my points and... I am really, really, really glad that you've listened to this podcast, alright? That's every point I'm going to make in this episode. I know it's a bit shorter than others, but my rule of thumb is I only make it as long as I have something to talk about. 
Now, let's go do the shout-outs again. Shout-outs to Jessica, a.k.a. Marbella Unicorn. Shout-outs to Tessie Cat, Elsie Cool, Mary Amber, Ashy Slashy, and Real Sharks, a.k.a. Riri Shaku. Again, if any of you want to be shouted out, please say so in the comments, and I will try to shout you out in future episodes. Keep in mind that, you know, some people don't like to be shouted out on explicit episodes. Some people only do clean episodes. We're mainly an explicit podcast. Any, uh... Any support is appreciated. We don't we don't need money, honestly. But, you know, if you're supporting us by listening to us, doing anything like that, you too are part of the collective. You too can be one of us. You have the same driving passion as us, and we welcome you, okay? The Film Geek Collective is everybody, and that is a mission statement. You are always welcome at the Film Geek Collective, and don't you forget it, alright? All right, peace out. Boo! I had to, it was a horror episode.